Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. All right, welcome to season three, episode 10. I'm here with Dave, Mark, Matt, Jody, and Clark, and we're at FDIC Indianapolis. How's it going, fellas? It's going good. well. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. It's always a good time, right? So we want to hear from everybody. So let's start over at Dave. What's FDIC? What makes it special for you? I find FDIC is just an inspiring event. We were talking about this last night, how if you're feeling down, lost, or you need some more guidance in the service, come down here to FDIC and hang out with 35,000 other firefighters, all with the same intent and goals. All in the same six bars last night. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, Mark? It's seeing all the guys, seeing all your friends, like, you know, Clark, Jimmy, Nick, guys you know, you deal with, talk with, teach with, and you go home and come back with the, you know, a year later, get reunited meet back up. That's the fun part, seeing all the guys, your friends, and getting to bounce things off each other and kind of hear what's going on in their lives, how their families are doing, how they're progressing, how they're doing in their own jobs, their own lives, stuff like this. That's the fun part, is seeing that unique group of individuals that you associate with. Run into. It's awesome. Jody, what do you like about it? Well, this is my first time here. Oh, wow. Uh, Virgin alert. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just found it's and a, rough. just in a short amount of time that I've been here for a few days. It's been great to recharge the battery as far as what my intentions are for the next year. And it's been great to listen to all the speakers and hang out with these guys and all their connections and all the... You're still going to hang out with these guys as part of the... Yes. Yeah. All right. That's yes. nice. You are a good friend. <laughs> you're right like I mean, if you can't find something good at fdic to charge you up and get you ready for the next phase of your life i mean i don't know what i could send you to or what i could tell you right it's pretty awesome matt here we go what's your big well i like coming down here because you get to see what's new you go to the trade show you see what's new you see the latest and greatest you get to go to classroom sessions you can pick and choose whatever you want to learn. Like you said, if you can't find something, there's probably a problem with you, not the program. But you get to see all your friends, right? The connections you made over the years, because everybody just keeps gravitating back. So you can come down, you hang out, have a tasty beverage or two with some friends and, and just reconnect. And like Dave and, and Mark said, it just it's re-energizing because you're in a town full of everybody who just wants to do the same thing. They just want to learn. They want to find out what's new and they want to see some old friends. Yeah. You know, it's funny and it's how fast it builds, right? This is my fourth one. And the first one I maybe ran into two people I knew. Right. And now I can't go anywhere with running into people that I've met at FDIC or met since. Did I see you at FDIC? Did we talk at FDIC? And so it doesn't take long. Right. So I can't imagine some of you that have been coming here for a long, long time. 
imagine what that's like, right? It's like a homecoming every single time. So Clark, what do you like about it? You know, I've been doing this for about 25 years. And before I came to FDIC, I was reading books and I was listening to podcasts and I was watching videos and things. And, and these people are my mentors. They're my heroes. So you come to FDIC and, oh my gosh, I'm actually meeting these people. And it's fantastic to run into, oh, I read your book. And I don't think I've ever met anyone that's pretentious. You can walk up to anyone, the biggest names in the National Fire Service, and you can walk right up to them, introduce yourself, and that person will give you the time. They will talk to you, shake your hand. If you're at the bar, you can have a drink together. And it's just, you sit there, and can I take a picture with you? Because I've been following you for 20 years, and now we're sitting next to each other at the bar. And most of the time, they said, yeah, you can, but it's no big deal. In my mind, before I came here, I thought, this is going to be like Hollywood and all these people are going to be protected with a full staff and an entourage and stuff because there's no way Bill Gustin's going to walk up to me and want to talk, right? There's no way I can go talk to John Norman, right? These yeah. major, major players. Well, sure enough, you just walk into class and here's my email address. Here's my phone number. If you ever need anything, please reach out. And it's just astonishing. It's absolutely astonishing. The part I love is that they mean it. So they've right. given you their real phone number. They've given you right, right. in a room full of a thousand people. They just gave out their email address. And, right. And it's not number. like girls at the bar for me. It's the <laughs> real phone right. number and you call it and someone picks up. It's not someone trying to sell you car insurance. Or yeah. Something. And they're happy to do it. And yeah. that's the part that's, uh, it is shocking to me. Yeah. And that they're just real people. Yeah. I think, you know, I agree. Sometimes you get built up in your mind what someone's going to be like and yeah. you meet them and you're like, oh, hey, you're like my neighbor. Yeah. You know, just a normal person with normal things. And that's, it's absolutely influenced the way I interact with people and the way I teach. Like I said, I contacted Bill Gustin. Hey, Captain Gustin, can I have some of your information from my department? He sent me PDFs that were so large I couldn't even open them. Here, take all this, take all this, take all this. Yeah. So now when I'm here and I teach, I do the same thing. Anything I have, anything that I can help you out with, please reach out. I'll send you all of our documents. I'll send you all of our SOPs, everything. Take it. Change my name off of it, put your department's name off it, submit it to the chief. He's going to think you're smart. Because that's how we got ours, right? You just, yeah, well, you just summed up the fire service. Yeah, if We're all on the even, same team. <laughs> if you think you've invented something in the fire service, you just haven't looked hard enough. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I had this 500 fire hall goal over the last 10 years to go to 500 different fire halls, and I'm about six away now. And it's funny because I've met the person that invented 50 hose rollers. I've met the person that invented this training or that training. And it's funny because, you know, they're telling you the story and they really believe they invented it and they're passionate right. about it. You know, you'll be thinking, Man, I just saw that on my social media feed like four <laughs> times this week at different places. Yeah. Right? You know, but, Lloyd yeah. Layman wrote about that in 1954, right? <laughs> <laughs> or the quotes or something. Right? Yeah, exactly. They're going off the quotes that they made up, but it's still, it's all good stuff. It's all fun stuff. And, you know, they're passionate about it, which you get a pass with me. You can say kind of whatever you want as long as you're passionate about it and you're trying to move it forward. So you mentioned the books, right? So you guys are here. Let's talk about it. The Tactical Firefighter, right? It's available. You're signing at doing the book sessions at FDIC. Came out a year ago. We talked about it a year ago on the podcast. And so yeah. what's it been like? A year later, the book's been out now. How's it going? Well, I think it's going pretty good. We got told that they got to do a second printing. So that's good. It means that they're selling. They're getting down their stock. So they got to do their printing, which is fabulous to hear that people are actually buying it, using it. What's even more impressive, I would say, if you use that term loosely, uh, is some of the bigger names like Clark mentioned, like the John Normans and the Jerry Tracys. Yeah, John Salka Jr. come up to the table. We're at the book table signing books on Tuesday morning. 
John comes to say hi. We're chit-chatting for a bit with Matt and myself. And he looks at our book and opens up to the table of contents and is going, yeah, I like this. I like that. I like this. I like this. And this is awesome. Awesome book. So there's a big giant name looking at our little our little book here and saying he loves loves the layout, loves it. This is awesome. Says all the best to you. Sees and walks away. That was a pretty good feeling to kind of get that validation from a guy like that who's been around a long time and long has a lot time. of respect from, yeah. from everybody. John, if John Salk was giving you props, you're doing something right in life. And then you got Jerry Tracy next to us the next day signing books with us. Same thing. Looks at our book. Does the exact same thing. Our book is like a, you know, a little coffee okay, coaster like compared size to compared, compared to his big book. But he did say the exact same thing as far as this looks awesome. I love it. This is amazing. So get that validation really helps uh, sales worthwhile. And I think you got to be happy when people are building you up, right? So there's enough people in this world that will try and tear people down. But when those guys are like looking at you and they know you're probably going to have a big book like them and be a big name 10 years down the road or whatever. And so they're just building you up. And that's part of the fire service I love too, right? Is like a lot of that competition. There's competition all day if we're running hose drills or something like that. But when you get to do those big things, people are just in favor of what you're doing and try to build you up. That's right. Yeah. That's the people that know you on that topic. Typically, the people that try to knock you down, they don't know you. They don't know what you're talking about. They don't know what you're all about. But when another fire service professional looks you in the eye and says, you're doing a good job. I've read the book. This is a good book. That's the people I listen to. It always makes me laugh when I'll go somewhere and, you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, what do you do? And I talk about it. And then someone else will be like, oh, he has a podcast. Yeah, I listen to it all the time. You're like, what? What? Why are you listening to my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. So now I'm twice as nervous <clears throat> even meeting you or seeing you, or, but it's fun. So did a lot of people yeah. reach out, Matt? Did you get a lot of yeah, people well, that are... I was kind of at a loss for words yesterday. We were doing a book signing at the fire engineering booth and a guy came up, asked if we'd sign his book. And he says, yeah. He said, I bought one last year. He said, but every time somebody comes in and wants something to read, he said, I just give the book out. I say, here, you need to read this book. So he said, I needed to buy another one just to have for myself. The one I bought last year, I loan out all the time to people. That was pretty cool that a guy was coming back to buy another copy. Yeah, there's a guy that learned the hard way not to do that, right? So last year I bought three of your books. And yeah. as soon as I got back to the fire hall, I started on A shift, B shift, and they were done C shift, D shift, and I always had mine. So that when they came in and they're repeating stuff out of your book and asking questions, and I'd be like, I don't know, let me send a message or yeah. let, let me talk to someone. And then one of the kids, there's a section in your book on quint operations. And so yeah. one of the kids was just on me about it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to put you in touch with Rob. <laughs> he could just handle that himself. Yeah. Yeah. I can't answer all those questions for you. I don't know. And so it was fun to have met you guys and talk to you about the book and, and then to have the book and share it with our fire department. And it's still a book that goes around, right? Yeah. New people come and they, I don't really understand what you're talking about. And I think that yeah. speaks volumes for you as a leader, that you would spend your own money, buy all those copies just to get the word out. And you know, 75% of the time you lend out a book, that's gone. It's gone. There's a good chance. Right? There's a good chance. And, you know, the fact that you did that and you sent all those copies out, that's admirable. That is absolutely admirable. No, it's fun, I think. And that's like the guy talking to you, right? That's the lesson he learned, too, is to know yeah. when you find a good book that other people should read it and, and yeah. got to read it. Absolutely. One thing I did on that topic that Clark mentioned, so we just hired 12 new recruits in our department this year. They had recruit training in March, and then they went on shift in April. So part of 
our education to them is we gave a couple of good speeches and one part of our speech was that they should start their own library at home, their own personal library of good books that they need to buy from certain people to keep themselves in the industry and keep current and so on. So I said, as a gift from us to you, we'll start your library off today with this book. So we actually gave them 12 of the books. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually Frank Ritchie's books. But, uh, but yeah, I gave him 12 books and then here you go. This is for you guys to start your career off on the right foot with getting your own personal library established and, yeah. and you know, I, hopefully it leads down to other things. I couldn't agree more with that. This young generation, and I hate to say the younger generation, but books are almost obsolete these days. It's all books on tape and stuff like that. We need books on tape. Podcasts. Podcasts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would listen to that, seriously. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're, I agree completely. And there's people that show up and have never, I've talked to 10 year firemen and have never heard of some of the names we just talked about. Never right. heard. And there's my read. next podcast. I'll just start reading their book on the. There you go, right? <laughs> Get your book reading voice. To the. Uh... <laughs> yeah. There's a good picture on page four. Yeah. <laughs> a book I really like is that Pass It On. Okay. That's a fantastic yeah. book because really it has cool just a whole, and I give that book away too. I buy several copies of that. I give that away and I tell them every time you read one of these little essays, right? Google that author and find out who that is. And you're going to be impressed when you read some of the major, major players. I always laugh at where you, some of the things that you say, and we all have things that we say all the time, right? Our listeners would be able to tell you what I say all the time. When we did some of our TV work, the guys that edited always had these big lists of Jamie-isms, things that I would say all the time. I'd be like, yeah, shut up, right? Like, you know what I'm talking about. And then they'd give me the list and I'd be like, oh, crap. I definitely say that. I definitely say that. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to stop saying that. That's horrible. We all have that, but I think that those things we pick up from other people, right? Yeah. And so I drive a lot, and so the books on tape are nice for me because you can listen to them while you're cruising down the highway. Podcasts. It seems weird for a guy that does a podcast, but I don't listen to other podcasts, and I don't listen to my podcast, and so I get mine from other places, right? But I still love to grab a good book. And yeah. you know, just crush some reading from time to time. It's because you're highlighted, old. and maybe, yeah, me too. That's true. Me too. Yeah. I love a book. I have yeah. real trouble reading on a tablet or reading anything on the computer. I have to have a book. I have to be able to highlight it. I have to be able to dog ear it. Yep, um, more personal. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Well, I can agree. As I look at my computer screen, enhanced to two hundred percent, so I can actually still see. <laughs> but as far as the tactical firefighter, I, I read that book. It's a very, very good book. I enjoyed it. And like I said, I've been on Thank for you. 25 years, and I still pick something out of that book. It was good. And I want to know how the class went. You did a you did a workshop this year, workshop. yeah. Did a oh, workshop on the this year on on that topic. And how'd that go? Went pretty good. We had a good turnout. We had a good 60 people come on out. So it's not the whole book we covered off. Just a quick synopsis. You call it quick. You know, four hours of the highlights of that topic of that book. So it. It went well. I mean, had uh, the diehard fans. If you can call them all, that one person still sitting at the end, the listening, which was Matt. That was Matt, by the way. He was sitting there at the end. And the only reason he was there is because he didn't drink and everyone else had That's gone to happy hour. <laughs> he said, I've got nowhere to be at happy hour. I might as well sit in here. That's yeah. right. But yeah, the diehard people at the very end listening and, and saying, thanks. Yeah, that's, that's what I needed to hear after four hours. So it was good to. Our big thing with it is that, one, most of it's not our knowledge. We've gleaned from people that we've been talking to for the last 20 years, right? All we did was compile it and put it in one spot yeah. to get it back out. So then when it comes to the classroom sessions, 
we're just doing that same thing. I'll give you everything I've got, right? I want you to know exactly what I know. Yeah. I want you to have all of that same information. Whether you like keep that's... it, whether you use it, that's up to you. But I'm telling you everything I got. I feel like that's the whole point, though. You took yeah. the time to take all that information and put it into something. Yeah. Right? And, and that's a lot of effort. Like, don't downplay it. <laughs> Putting that book yeah. together must have been a big job for you. And actually taking all of those things you learned, saying, hey, I can make it easier for the next guy. Mm-hmm. Giving it out yeah. to your new recruits to say, here's the first one in your library. But it's also a good first one because I can give you some tips, some stuff I learned maybe the hard way, or I had to hear about from someone else that learned the hard way. And that's huge, right? Yeah. But more importantly, it's the passing it on, right? So as Matt mentions, not our stuff. This is what's been taught to us by the other mentors in life. The guys like the John Salkas, the Gustins, the Normans, uh, all those guys, the Champos who have taken the time over year of year to teach the young guys how to come along and do this trade. And so they're passing it on to them. And this is passing on to the, like from us, we're passing on to the people come up behind us. No different. Same thing. Same exact uh, mentality. It's another fantastic book, by the way, Champo's book, that Tower Ladder book. Fantastic book. Big, big book. But the way he, he writes like a fireman. He's a fireman and he writes <laughs> like a fireman. And he's got stories in there and tips in there. And that was, I really, really enjoyed that book, too. Yeah. All right, while we're on the topic of training, everyone in here is a trainer. We've all been trained by people. We train people still to this day, and we're trying to move it forward. All right, some training firefighters, some training officers. So, Dave, what's <laughs> Let's start with Dave. What are you seeing out there in training that you really love? What's some new stuff? We haven't talked for a year, so. I'm finding with the younger group of individuals coming through that they're actually accepting the training and want to train. On our job, where Matt and I work, the recruits that we got on our truck was very, very eager. It was to the point that some days it's just like, kid, let's just take a second and relax for a second. I'm tired. Yeah. (laughs) Let me get a drink of water before we move on. (laughs) But it's the, the eagerness. So some of the recruits that we've had on our trucks are very eager, very good, and want to train. Some of our students that we train are just... They're even reaching out after class days and weeks and months after to ask about this again or that again. I can't quite remember what you said about that. It's getting better. We still need to find, I need to find to close the gap with the veteran fellas that I know how to do that. It's good. You just take the kid, go teach him how to do it. So I do see that still a lot. A lot of people just hang back and call them art. They're just hanging back against the wall. Dave, you're the senior man. Well, by about so on age on, definition. What are we yeah, going with? Yeah. <laughs> age wise, <A> on scalp, <laughs> size of forehead. <laughs> age wise, on my truck, yes, I am the senior guy. But seniority wise, on my truck, I'm the junior guy. So I'm probably the most senior junior guy on our shift. Wow, at work. So when you're talking about the old guy, say we don't want to train. Who are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not you. All right. It's getting there. Uh, training is welcomed at our work. Uh, the training grounds are always busy. There's always trucks. It's getting to the point that on our shift, the platoon chief is has to do a lot of juggling to allow trucks to run down to training for the morning or a couple hours or, or whatever. It's better. And like I said, our students we have too, they're all in. We get full participation for the most part in our sessions. Awesome. That makes me happy because when you hand out the golden ticket, you want someone to understand what they got, right? Mm-hmm. And being a 
firefighter to me is the gold ticket. And so you should embrace that and run with that. And I love what you're saying, right? When they train so hard and want to know so much that you're tired at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, that's worth it. Right. Definitely feel that. Mark, how about you? What are you seeing out there? What do you like? That's a tough question to ask. Cause, uh, since we had the shutdowns and that kind of, I guess getting to a new mode of not doing a whole lot and kind of staying away and, and being in separate areas and separate quarters and doing things by distance, by Zoom, trying to get that resurrected to come back together again has been a bit of a tough battle. So what do I like is I like seeing that resurrection coming to life now, finally, where it's 2023 and it almost seems as if like right now, for example, FDIC, they're at pre-2019 numbers as far as enrollees, attendees. So you're seeing what it used to be like in 2019 is now happening again today. So everybody's coming back out again. They're they're getting back in person, want to do things in person, as opposed to let's stay home and you know we'll dial in by computer and do things by remote method and so on. It's tough to teach, it especially any kind of hands-on, even this theory sometimes is tough to teach because you can't really engage and so on. And we all know the pitfalls of doing Zoom teaching or distance ed, but I do like seeing today, we're getting back together we are getting ourselves hands-on, immersed, nice and close, learning, getting personal as far as relating. A lot of times teaching is not just showing you and then you do it. It's also the relation between the learner and the instructor, facial expressions, little exactly. jokes you can make, the camaraderie that you can kind of have with your students and other instructors. That's all part of the learning environment too that helps people to learn and makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, that's what I like seeing today. Couldn't agree more. I actually don't really accept online stuff anymore. If it's possible for us to be in person, right? So if we're in the same city, the same part of the country, I'm doing it. I do like that we got better at it so that I don't have to fly across the country for a meeting, you know, for a day or two and fly back. That's a lot. But anytime that I can do something in person, we still get it, right? The big office wants to have a meeting and we're going to do it. And I was like, come on. In 10 minutes, we could all be in the same room. Why are we going to try and have a Teams meeting or a Zoom meeting? Like, let's, I'm like you. I like to see people's faces. I like to know who's nodding off and who's interested, yeah. and, right? Now I just turn my video off. No one even yeah. knows and wake up to Jamie, Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm here. Or you stand up with no pants on. Oops, I forgot where it was. I'd like to see, look the person in the eye that's going to turn me into human resources at the end of the class. <laughs> yeah. so I want to make sure I know who that person is instead of some random, which one was it? You can pick that one out, right? Yeah, and, it, and it's part of it. That interpersonal relationships is part of the fire service. It's what makes it great. Jody, how about you? What are you seeing in training that you're really liking and loving? As far as an instructor, I'm really liking the fact that we're getting back to the hands-on, as Mark was just touching on. And I think it's going to put us to the test as well that we have to close a gap between book smart, social media smart kids that are learning because of the shutdowns and everything that we had. So everybody's watching these videos and everybody thinks they know what they're doing. Now it's up to us as instructors to close that gap between the hands-on and the videos that they've all watched to make sure that they're on par, right? Yeah, the YouTube uh, fanatics that are out there saying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Then we watch it and go, oh, don't teach them that. <laughs> yeah, yes. they've never had a tool in their hand, but they've yeah. watched so many videos on social media that they think they actually know it. And it puts the job on us to close that gap between book smart and hands-on smart. Yeah, that's a good point. Great. Somebody oh. to tell these kids what you see on YouTube and stuff. 
I saw one. You guys might appreciate this. I don't know if you saw the picture. It's a guy operating over a bridge, and he's got some spreaders crushed on the A-post, and he's standing on the spreaders using another tool, and the car's completely vertical over the edge of a bridge. And that's a training session, so he's got fall protection on. But I looked at that, and I got sick to my stomach. He's actually standing on a tool that's just crushed on a post, and he's extricating. And you know, the comments just blew him up. But I, as soon as I saw that, I went, <gasps> and someone's going to see that and not understand that. With no context. With no context. And they, oh, yeah, this, let's, let's do this on our next car over a bridge. <laughs> so, yeah, like just yeah. touching on that, it's, I think those videos are misleading because everybody wants to be that person. But there's no background to how did that person get to where he's at, being that good at what he's doing. They don't show any of that. They just show the end result. And everybody that watches that video is like, oh, I want to be a firefighter. Yeah. And that's yeah. the end result. Because we do that, that every see. day. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice, Matt. Well, I kind of do like that social media online stuff. It's access to information. There's so much access to information now, which again, that now that becomes that double-edged sword, right? There's so much information out there that you have to sort of filter through the guys standing on the tools and the keyboard warrior guys. But the access to that information for people on the fire service now is massive, right? When I started, you had one book. It was IFSTA. Huh. Essentials two or three. Well, I mean, we had backdraft to the movie, right? Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. yeah. But that's that was all the information you had was that one text. I'm and so old. I have towering inferno. Oh wow! There you go. This shots fired. The ages are out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the old guy. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it is so, cool. So much info that, and I agree 100 percent with Jody that now it's up to us to help. You know, when that kid comes and, hey, check out this cool video I just saw. All right, kid, but we could try it, but it ain't going to go like that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's um, funny that you say that because I was just going through a presentation for airport familiarization this morning, and the guy popped a bunch of video clips in there to kind of debunk a bunch of airplane rumors that are going on. And yeah. it was like, wow, you know, these videos can really lead you one way or the other, right? This is safe. This isn't safe until you put that context and all the comments together with it. Yeah. So it's a huge responsibility for us to, I find that I never watched that stuff and didn't really care. And now I kind of try to keep up on it because I'm trying to get ahead of those kids that are watching it all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I don't want them to be, you know, just an Instagram fire department or a YouTube fire department. I want them to be better than that. Clark, how about you? What do you like that you're seeing out there? I'll tell you what I don't like. And that's, <laughs> The electric vehicles, the electric vehicles and the problems we're having with electric vehicles. And these are the top fire service mines in the world here. And no one has an answer that made the biggest players in the fire service. No one has an answer on how to handle fires and emergencies with all these emergency vehicles. And not only that, the rate we're going in my jurisdiction, we are doing all of our buses. We went from diesel to CNG, compressed natural gas. And now they're saying the fleet by 2030, it's going to be 50%. By 2040, 100% of the vehicles are going to be battery-powered buses, charter buses. And now we have hydrogen. Some of the buses they're buying are hydrogen. So hydrogen is going to run the powering system for the batteries. So you can get them between full electric bus, about 350 miles in the city, 
these hydrogen vehicles get you over 600 miles. So now I've got five high pressure, 5,000 PSI hydrogen tanks on top of a bus that is all like, and then electric batteries on that bus as well. And you know what comes them. after buses, say eh, Clark? Fire engines, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? They always start with buses, but we're yeah. next. Yep. Uh -huh. And it's, again, no one has an answer. No one has an answer. So I went to the training and they said, okay, here's, here's the latest and greatest. Here it is. And first question, all right, what are we doing? It's on fire. And the guy said, get away. Yeah, that was his answer. Get everyone off the bus and get away because you cannot put this fire out. The combination of the hydrogen and the batteries, get away. Yeah. That sounds like a great plan. We got to teach the guys that run in while everyone else is running away to turn around and follow them. It's going to be a trick, right? Yeah. That's right. So, but no one, and obviously these vehicles are all over the place now. Parking structures. Just uh, the weight of them. The, the weight. weight of them, right? I just read an article from London that says a Tesla sedan weighs about 5,000 pounds because of the battery. And that is well over 40% heavier than a regular vehicle. So all of the parking structures in London have been engineered and designed for a certain weight capacity. Now, if you fill that up with Teslas, there's a strong possibility that those structures are going to collapse now because they're not designed for that much weight. Wow. So problem number 77 on the list of electric vehicle problems. All right. Yeah. And then when you was telling them last night about the uh, post-tension cables in the concrete. Dave was. That was big. In a parking structure. Mm -hmm. You can't put it out. It's going to burn for three hours. And what, the concrete's going to spall. And spall and heat up the cable. Yeah. You're going to have a massive failure. Right. Wow. Compounding problems. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over. Like, you know, times like you say, a hundred different problems. Yeah. It's been crazy. It's uh, a year ago. I didn't even know I was going to have a job today. So, you know, my last year has been full of some cool training pieces. I'm the fire chief in the career department now. So having to manage all of those pieces and, and learn all of the union pieces, having a mentor, you know, the small fire department officers that I came in. And so it's been fun to watch them change and change their ideology and kind of move forward. But for me, it has been a fun year because I'm back learning. Right. Yeah. And, and in a big meaningful way and so you know i would say if it's my turn to talk that's what i learned this year is in the training is you know when you think oh i'm in the wheelie chair gang up there in the ivory tower now i don't have to know all this stuff just blew my mind this last year how much i had to know and, and get into and get caught up on and all those kinds of things right and it's really dependent on the size of the service and how many people and how's that going pretty great Pretty good. Well, tell yeah, us about some challenges. I used to have like a completely from... full head of hair that was blonde a year yeah. ago. <laughs> so you went from what rank to fire chief? I was chief for a long time in a regional place. And then I did some consulting back as a deputy chief left there and then ended up back in the same place okay. as chief later on. Like, yeah. A year later but politics uh, and oh yeah i did the politics didn't change much for me from all those jobs but the together with the union pieces and the, and then having to learn to mentor people that i find that sometimes depending where you are you kind of know what you know in that area but if you don't get out of that bubble and so when i was listening to you all talk about how much you love fdic and seeing all these people from all these places and you know just reminded me how much of getting out of your bubble is important for new people, you got to learn what you're doing in this and you got to learn this bubble. But as soon as that's done and you're getting that comfort level and you're moving forward, you got to expand that. And so books do that, podcasts do that, but you also have to go visit other places and see other things. And so sometimes 
if you just stay in your little bubble, you miss a lot of things that are out of that. And so this last year has really been, I saw a lot of fire halls. I saw a lot of fire trucks. I saw a lot of equipment, but now I find that when I go on these tours, I'm focusing on the people and trying to, you know, learn what they have to teach me and talk to, and I find myself reaching out to all my friends that uh, were career guys that talked about it all the time. I would kind of be like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, sounds good. And now I'm reaching out, talking to these guys all the time, getting advice, being like, what, what, what would you do if you, this happened to you? Right? I don't know what to do next. And so it's been fun. It's a challenge because I'm not used to not having the answers, but it's been fun to actually get out there and have to learn some new stuff and, and figure out a new yeah. way and try to, you know, walk through all of those pieces. And so. Unfortunately, um, you're not the first person to go through this. No, exactly. Probably in your position, the amount of contacts you have. I'm sure you reached out and said, hey, I've got this going on. What do you think? So not a lot of YouTube videos out there on how to handle grievance, though. Sadly. Right. I looked, I searched everywhere. When your secretary says the union president's on the phone, he needs to talk to you now. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Tell him when he'll come back five minutes. I'm just on YouTube here. <laughs> YouTube when the union president is on the phone. I, don't know. I mean, our guys are great. It's, I'm not, it's not like I'm having any massive problems or anything, but it's cool to have to learn through that process and, and move through you guys know that as you move up to different ranks and do different things it's tough to you know each one of those comes with a new challenge and new things and yeah it looks pretty easy when you're the level below and then you get there and you're like all right i'll give them a break maybe it wasn't that easy the right? first day is always easy it's the day after that <laughs> becomes the real the difficult part no question Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. Now I want to switch it around a little bit. And this is kind of, I like to give our listeners, the, the younger ones that are just starting out a chance to Kind of hear some wisdom, some old wisdom, right? And so Clark gonna, will be good for this. Yeah, we're starting at Clark today. I want to yeah. know what you would tell twenty-year-old Clark, the firefighter Clark, not the all the other pieces yeah. we were yeah. talking about earlier. Yeah. What kind of advice you would give yourself to make your career better, safer, more enjoyable um, time? First, it would be shut your mouth and open your ears. I didn't come from a firefighter family. I had very little experience in the fire service. I was a construction worker, job showed up. I applied for the job, had some help getting the job, ended up getting the job. So I showed up at the fire station on day one with construction worker mentality. And if you know anything about construction work, it's doggy dog out there. And so I think the first day my senior man started, you know, getting in my rear end. And so I promptly tuned him up as a brand new rookie. I'm tuning up the five-year guy about how he's going to talk to me and how it's going to end up if he keeps talking to me like that. And then later someone pulled me aside and said, hey, you can't talk to the senior man like that. Well, did you hear what he said to me? And I was just dumb and immature and arrogant. I had really, really rough first couple of years. And if someone would just have told me, shut your mouth 
and open your ears. You're going to take it, right? You're going to take it right in the shorts, but eventually they're going to teach you something. So just listen to that message. Put your ego away, which is probably a good lesson in life. For the rest of your life, if you put your ego away, you're going to do really good in life, right? What did Bernicini always say? Egos eat brains. That's right. So, yeah, shut your mouth, open your ears, and also make sure you get a sampling of different crews and companies because the crew I was with, they were a bunch of older guys and they had the attitude, we don't need to do that. This is dumb. The fire chief's dumb. Training's dumb. This is dumb. This is dumb. You know, and so sure enough, that was my crew and I'm a three-year fireman. The fire chief's dumb. Training's dumb. And then I moved to another company and all of a sudden, well, fire chief actually knows what he's talking about. Training's actually important. And, and it took me years, eight years before I attended my first conference. First conference that I went by myself. It was in San Diego, close to where I live. Drove out to San Diego and I actually sat in this conference and I looked around. I thought, is this a secret? Is there a secret society going on here? How come no one's told me about this? How come I've never heard? How come no one in my fire department goes to these things? How did I fall into this? So I wish as a younger firefighter, someone told me there's these conferences out there. There's these books out there. You need to be doing this. You need to be reading this. You need to be talking to these people. You need to be listening to these people. That would have helped me out enormously. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Matt, what are you saying to 20 year old Matt? I'd say relax kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that would it. Be about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you just time. need, you just need to Keep relax. it simple, stupid. Eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't get worked up about little stuff. Right. Especially at the start when there's so much to learn. Yeah. Don't get yourself all wound up. Just relax. Learn. Take it easy. Yeah. Nice. You got a long career. You You got a long career. You don't have to blow it all in the first nine months. That's right. Right. And then coast for the next 29 (laughs) years and three months. Yeah. All right, Jody, I hope your advice is not as long as Matt's, right? But what would you tell 20-year-old Jody? Short and sweet. (laughs) I'd have to say from my experiences is you have to find the right mentor. Don't just think that the people that at your specific spot, station, department, volley, whatever you are, you have to go out there. And if you have a thirst for knowledge and stuff like that, make sure you quench that thirst by putting yourself around like-minded people that are interested in that stuff. And I was very fortunate that I went looking for it and I found it and you got to go with what they tell you because they're the experienced ones and I'm sitting in a room with them now. Would I ever think I was here ever in my life? No. Right. But as soon as you go looking for it and you got to put that extra work to go looking for it. And when you find it, you'll know. Yeah. I love that. You got to search it out, right? Like mentors aren't out there looking to find you. That's right. You got to find the one that works for you, your type of person, your attitude that you can work with. And And you'll run into a lot of people who you think are mentors, but the more you talk to them, they're not, there's a lot of negativity there. You got to find the right one that's got a positive outlook and they don't buy into the 5% negative that's in the fire department. Right. Those guys are out there trying to make clones, not make firefighters. Yeah. The one person that uh, when I first started with the Vanderfeist clan. Is that what we're calling ourselves? Yes. (laughs) Am I roped into this now? How do I get out? I don't don't know. I don't know if there's an out. You guys got to jump me in. There is is no out. We're the Flying Dutchman. (laughs) The first thing that I heard that has stuck with me in how many years is the more you learn about the fire service, the more you're going to realize you don't know. Yeah. That has burned in my brain. So every time I start doing something, that's, that's what I take with me. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't know squat. I'm going to 
keep learning. I got to keep educating myself. And it's good that you realize that you don't know. It's the person that thinks they know is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I often think all the advice we give to kids and how much, how little they listen to us, right? But it's, you know, so far, remember, there's more to come. If they just listen a little bit, you know, they could gather up this knowledge. That's right. Do better. Yeah. All right, Mark, wow us. It's your turn. Here we go. Uh, Okay, I got two things I would pass on. Two things. The one thing I would tell the younger me and anybody at the same new point coming is, one, stay humble. So in our day and age, we got a lot of self-gratification going on, a lot of uh, look at me, self-produced videos, TikTok uh, stars, and so on, recognition. A lot of new guys and gals come in the fire service wanting to leapfrog from that first step to, hey, I want to be this big name individual who's out doing this stuff. You guys stay humble. And if you stay humble, it means, as Clark mentioned, your ears are open, your mouth is shut, you're listening, you're absorbing, you're watching, you're learning in that same mode. And a lot of uh, what you do in that silent state, as far as the listening and the with the humble approach to things, the humble acceptance of criticism being shown speaks volumes because everybody else is watching you as a new person, how you're going to accept, how you're going to handle it when someone critiques you or says, hey, the next time, make sure you do this or relax, kid. How are they going to accept that piece of advice or or whatever else? So you're being watched. So being humble helps you to be more of a a noticeable person because you are not always with your mouth flabbing and being vocally heard or being seen. That'd be the one thing. Second thing would be Kind of already mentioned before, I think, by everybody here is that don't wait to be spoon fed. Feed yourself. So seek out what you need to learn and what you want to learn for yourself outside that realm of where you're in. So what's a volunteer department, full-time composite, that little circle is great. They're going to do what they can to teach you and train you. But outside that circle is so much more. And that's where when you come in the FDIC, for example, and other regional shows that are put on, that's where you start to spoon feed yourself with that knowledge, that skill set, that information to help expand and to develop yourself every day of the week. So even the 25, 35, 16-year veterans that come here or other regional schools, they're taking the step to learn and to feed themselves and it's to be like, better at it. It's like a buffet. The service like is a buffet. buffet. The waitress doesn't bring you your food from a buffet. Yeah. you got to go to the buffet. <laughs> I've been to the buffet. <laughs> Can I interrupt real quick? Bill Gustin, Bill Gustin, my all of our mentors, I think, my favorite sayings of his is, he says, places like FDIC, it's like a Chinese food buffet. All right? Just because you pay for the Chinese food buffet doesn't mean you have to eat everything at the Chinese food buffet. You eat what you want. You come to FDIC, and yeah, you're going to talk to, I was talking to Jimmy Davis yesterday. Jimmy Davis responds with a hundred firefighters on a high-rise response. And so, yeah, I'll take a little bit from Jimmy Davis, but I'm not showing up with 100 firefighters on a high-rise response. I'm going to take a little bit from this. I'm going to take a little bit from Arizona. I'm going to take a little bit from New York. So just pick what you want and what's applicable to you. 100 firefighter response. 100 firefighters. Our minimum staffing is four. Four? (laughs) Yeah, can you imagine showing up up to a six-story building that's on fire with four? That's not uncommon. Yeah, Yeah, right? That's the trick. That's what we're finding. All right, Dave, what are you going to tell well, little 20 year old day. Well, little. eat well, son. Well, yeah. That's exactly, no, but uh, in all honesty, son. that, <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm going with that to build off my buffet comment was the, <laughs> was the, uh, I'm glad Mark 
finish this comment with that, it, it works in perfect. So we've all heard about the knowledge and the thirst and all this and that, but whether your career of all comps, it doesn't matter health and fitness. I'm learning now at my age that uh, I'd wished when I was 20, that I was serious into just general health and fitness. Uh, when I was 20, I, I wasn't on, on the job yet. It was not long after, but being at my age now, 32, <laughs> uh, maybe plus a bit more. It's like you um, can lie on a podcast. Yeah, it is difficult that uh, I'm approaching 50 and it's difficult to now's not the time to get serious. Not that it's a bad time, but it's a hard time now to think I have 10 years left in the service before they tell me go home. We're still going to pay you, but you just go home. That we've heard all about it's not just about letting your crew and family down, but it's yourself. Sure, we have all kinds of knowledge in this room, but if you can't go up a climb a flight of stairs with a hose bundle on and you got to ask the crew, hang on a second, but you know, there's no seconds. We're going to work, kid. Let's go. So health and fitness and eating right and all that stuff. I'm not saying you can't have fun, but keep that in mind. It is part of the job as well. Yeah. I think there's so much we overcome with our youth. Right. Like now I can barely close my hands from all this stuff, you know, from Northern Alberta. So froze my hands so many times I don't want to talk about it. Now it's hard to close my hands. And all those times I said, it's just one time. I don't have to wear hearing protection because it's just one time times a million times. And, and now, you know, my hearing's not the best. And so I totally buy into what you're saying there. Right. It's uh, we have to gather the knowledge, but we have to protect ourselves and take care of ourselves and, yeah. All the stuff we slurp back into our bodies there, right? It's hard to imagine. Chief, I got something to say to the youth, the young firefighters coming up. And this is not something that I had to deal with because we didn't have cell phones when I came on. But put the phone in your pocket. It was a... Seriously. Yeah, it was. The phone is connected <laughs> yeah. to the wall. I read, I read a book to kids and it's like one of the pages is the mom's dialing 911. And she's got the... I say, look at this kid. Right? Your mom and dad and I, the phone's connected to the wall when we were young. <laughs> Yeah, I tell these kids, put the phone in your pocket. Put your phone in your pocket. If you have to text your, your wife or something, get it out and text. But if we're driving down the street and I see you on Instagram, I'm going to throw your goddamn phone out of the window. I'm so tired of seeing that. Hey, man, open up your eyes. Look out of the window. Find me a hydrant. What kind of house are you responding to? Right? As soon as you pull into the neighborhood, you should be able to tell me with about 75% certainty what the house is going to look like when we pull up. Right? How many times you see this and you guys are on, you hit the e-brake and the kid goes, huh, what? where are we? Or are we? We're at the response, all right? We're here. That drives me yeah. crazy. Yeah. If you're in training, if you're watching a training video or something, put the phone in your pocket. If I see you out on Instagram while we're watching a training video, I'm going to throw your phone. That drives me up a wall. This is one of those ones where, you know, you hope people that they grab this and play it for the new recruits in their fire department. And this all of you guys, great stuff. It's all stuff that uh, we all needed to know, right? And I think we all learned the hard way. You could, you could <laughs> yeah. tell that we got up through it. So that's great and great news for the 20-year-olds. But I think let's uh, switch a little bit because a lot of emerging leaders and, and leaders in uh, the fire service listen to this podcast as well. And I think this seems like a group that can give some good advice to them as well, right? And so be nice, Dave. <laughs> you know you're the emerging leaders you're trying to figure it all out and you know if i had a dime for every time i heard someone say about a chief oh that guy forgot where he came from 
I would be a rich man. I wouldn't have to do this free podcast. (laughs) (laughs) For peanuts. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, I think there's some advice to be given to them as well. And so this time we're going to start it, Matt. Because he made eye contact with me at an awkward time. uh, You know, give some advice to the the emerging leaders. You know, how can they do better? What should they be doing? They should be focusing on getting the right people and training those people right. So it's sort of that double edge. We need to have the right people around us, but then we also need to train them the right way. Right. That's what I would say. I would say that should be the focus. If you want to be in a leadership role, that should be your focus is to find and make sure that you have the right people in your organization. Nice. Good one. Dave, we're going to you next. Whoa. Oh, you didn't see that coming. No, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Dave's uh, in his happy place right now. Yeah. Dave's still lunch. thinking about buffet. <laughs> I am thinking about buffet. Jelly, <laughs> yeah. I Steak potato salad and a coleslaw. <laughs> there you go. My advice to company officers, captains, lieutenants is to, because our captain is the worst captain ever. Worst captain ever. Worst (laughs) captain ever. (laughs) Is stay engaged with your crew. I've had captains in the past on this job and and other jobs that if you're a captain or an acting captain for the day or lieutenant, whatever you have in, in your station, when you start shift, we don't do roll call, but after truck checks, you're sitting around the breakfast table. See, having a, a healthy breakfast there, Clark. The captain should should say, what do you guys want to do today? Or here's what we're going to get done today. Yeah. Stay engaged. Don't be the captain that sits in the office all day. If you need me, I'll be in the office. I don't think the crew should have to go to their, their company officer of the shift and say, can we do this or do that? I think all officers should be engaging right out the gate with the crew. Our captain, even though he's the worst captain ever, has actually assigned ever. us. Ever. Worst captain <laughs> worst ever. Actually has assigned us, each of us, to bring a topic to the table next shift. What do you want to do next shift? Is there anything anybody wants to polish or work on? And that makes the day, the shift, go by beautifully. And it, it's something to look forward to. Yeah, it engages your brain while you're yeah. off, right? Yeah. To, yeah. To bring That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and put some of the onus on them. Right. Yeah. You're going to train yourself. Don't make me stand here and ram stuff down your throat. Yep. Yep. And like Dave says, we do this every morning on shift. We sit at the kitchen table, eat breakfast as a crew, and talk about what we're going to do that day. A breakfast that the worst captain ever, ever. makes us every <laughs> single shift. Three pork products represented? Makes it, no. No pork products? No. It's it, usually an omelet, lots of veggies. You're right. So, worst captain ever. Worst. <laughs> worst captain ever. We've already sent our captain a message last night at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning what we want to do on Tuesday shifts. Yep. I'll answer that question. Bacon. That's how you fix a lot of problems with some bacon. <laughs> Keep the crew happy. Yep. All right, Jody, merging leaders. What uh, advice are we getting from you for emerging leaders? Well, I'd have to go with something that uh, I saw when I was first starting. And if you have guys on your crews that are young and energetic and sometimes it comes across as being pushy and, but they really want to learn and they're real go-getters is don't squash them. Don't put them in a corner and say, you're too young, you're a rookie, you're a probie, whatever you are, just get back, wait your turn and kind of hold them back. Like if they want to learn, let them learn, like put them out there, 
they want to go take training, send them to training, you know, anything that they'd like to inquire about, like help them out. Don't just push them back and say, Oh, you're, you're first year. You don't need to know that stuff and try and hold them back. Like just let these guys go that want to learn. Yeah. The haters will be on them, but you know what? The haters have to do. That's right. Hate. That's their job. Yeah. Right. And so the positive people right will embrace those, uh, yeah. those guys and, and move them forward. That's great. Cause you see a lot of that. You do see a, Hey kid, you're too new. You can't do this. You can't do that. And what's always the comment they make. You're making us look bad. Yeah. And my response is, I always tell people, if anybody says that to you, you tell them. There's only one person that makes you look bad, and that's you. You don't need my help on looking bad. Trust me. <laughs> and don't ever let someone stop you. You go learn. Don't, yeah. yeah. Don't worry about that. Back to my uh, quote a couple of years ago when I was getting this first started. A young girl, 21 years old, we're going through quotes you love. And she didn't invent this. This quote's been around for a long time, but it's always a great reminder is a rising tide raises all ships. And so, you know, those young people that are out there and they want to learn and they want to go to training and I get them in my office, right? Well, what does that person get to? Well, what do you want to go to? You're not in here asking to go to things and do things. So don't be in here whining about them or ratting them out. Be in here telling me what you want to go to to try and increase your career. And so raising the tide is huge, right? Yeah. And so yeah. awesome point. All right, Clark, you're next. I already told you, bacon. Vegetables isn't going to get it done. Yeah, right? You don't like friends with salad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No one ever said. And what joke ever start out? So I'm at a salad That's bar, right? <laughs> My advice would be for emerging leaders, you're not alone. If you have a problem, I'm willing to bet you that someone else in the past has had that problem, whether in your agency or a neighboring agency or anywhere in the country. And it would behoove you to make professional contacts. And this is a perfect place to do that. This is a perfect place to do that. If I have a problem, there should be someone, a mentor that you can reach out to and say, hey, this is my situation. What do you think? Again, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just talked about it. If you think you invented something in the fire service, you just haven't looked hard enough. Problems included. All right. We just keep recycling the same problems over and over again. So make sure you have mentors even at that level that you can reach out to. And I encourage people to have mentors outside of your own agency as well. Yeah. The, the network is huge, right? The network is, is so important. I get people, you know, luckily by having all this, one of the best things that happens from this is the conversation. And so people will message me, call me, and I don't have all the answers, but by having such a big network and knowing so many great people, I'm able to connect the right people. And so it's like, hey, call this guy, you know, everything, or I'll email and be like, is it okay if I give out your info because this person wants to call you? And those connections, those networks, right, help everything keep going. And so absolutely, um, to me, that's a great point you had there. And in addition, be someone's mentor. Be the person that an emerging captain can reach out to and say, hey, you're the senior guy now. What do you think? Just be approachable and knowledgeable and be good at your job. So you'll be a mentor as well. Sure. Great. Last but certainly not least, Mark's up now. So it's the same answer as, as I would tell a 20-year-old guy. The most important one is to be humble. Be that humble leader. We do have all egos or class A type personality individuals in this business, but you gotta be humble. With that servant type approach, you'll lead a lot more in terms of your, uh, your membership. You'll be more effective. Your membership is gonna see that you do care about them that you have genuine interest in what they're doing by you serving them. Not like a servant as far as being a pushover, but you got that command presence, but you're humble about how you approach things. You're humble to be approached by 
your subordinates or other fellow coworkers in that regard. People know that you're a person they can come and speak to. You'll listen. You're not going to bite their head off in the first two words. That era of humility will help you go a lot further and to solve issues and to get through issues than being a heavy-handed person or reacting with emotional instinct right from the very start. One person I can look to as a mentor in that regard, she was talking to him on Wednesday. That's a, a Chief Crawford from down in Midway, a guy I've known for the last 20-some-odd years from the days in Pittsburgh to where he was to where he's he is now. And I've never witnessed that man in his role as a lieutenant, as an assistant chief in Pittsburgh, and same thing down where he's in Midway. I've never witnessed that man ever lose his composure in terms of not being calm, not being very humble when he talks to a person, it goes a long way. And it really makes the individual feel like they have every opportunity to be there, to speak with them, bounce ideas off of them, go seek advice, bring a problem to the person without that fear of, oh, if I go see Chief Zones or Captain Zones, they're gonna bite my head off and call me a couple of choice words and maybe get treated differently, but be humble. Be a very humble person. So much great knowledge being shared here today. It's good for the, the rookies all the way up to the guys that are trying to make the job, uh, the leadership pieces for us. So yeah. got to thank you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of Growing Up Fire. You know, thank you. You guys yeah, are the yeah, ones that make this amazing. Thanks, thanks for inviting us. us. Thank you for being the catalyst to bring all these guys' knowledge and me together. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for what you do for the fire service. It's been awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.